You are listening to a Sunday sermon from St. Thomas Episcopal Church in Bellevue, Washington. We are a community that seeks God's presence, serves Christ and others, and grows together in faith. Welcome to our podcast. The following sermon was preached on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 2020, by the Reverend Lex Breckenridge, Rector at St. Thomas. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. The Gospel of the Lord.
Lots of families have a tradition of putting out Christmas stockings every year. Ours does. In fact, when I get, became part of Zani's family a little over 43 years ago, at my first Christmas with them, I was presented a stocking that had my name embroidered on it. It was a tradition that all the children and in-law children had their own stockings. That stocking followed me around. And every Christmas, either Zani's mom or Zani would see that it was filled with some fun stuff, like a deck of magic playing cards and ugly socks and a toy harmonica. You know, you get the idea. Of course, what was in the stocking wasn't what was important. What was important was the love that had gone into creating that stocking. The stocking was clearly filled with love. Now, I can imagine getting a Christmas stocking this year, 2020. If our Christmas stockings were to really reflect the kind of year it's been, we might find them filled with used kitty litter. You know what I mean? It's just been that kind of year. You don't need me to share my list with you because you've got a list of your own. It's just been a strange, anxious, frustrating, maddening year that in many ways didn't begin on January the 1st. And that just feels like a continuation of 2019. No, 2020 really began around the middle of March when the first lockdowns were announced. That's when the world changed. And here we are, Christmas 2020, holding a stocking full of used kitty litter. Well, that's a cheerful thought, isn't it? But you know, while 2020 has been challenging at best and at worst a nightmare for some, there really is more going on. This cataclysmic, this apocalyptic global pandemic might be paradoxical, a sign of something new being born. In his letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul who knew something about cataclysms and persecutions and oppression, told his little community in Rome that the suffering that they were all enduring was a sign that something new was being born. Listen to what he said. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that's about to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and will obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. See, something new is being born, but it takes a while. Creation doesn't happen all at once, and it's not winding down towards apocalypse or extinction. No, creation is still winding up. Creation is still unfolding, and we're part of that future. We're part of God's future. You know, I think we can read the history of the universe as the continual unfolding of divine love. And divine love bursts wide open in the person of Jesus. 
In Jesus, we see God's purpose for creation. And that purpose is wholeness and healing and mercy and peace and forgiveness. And so to follow Jesus is to make a commitment. A commitment to love. A commitment to give birth to God in your own life, in my own life. You know, we're here to do our small part in birthing Christ into the world. So let's look at Mary, the one who gave birth to Jesus, as our pattern for how we birth Christ into the world. First, Mary had to open herself up to the Holy Spirit. She had to say yes. So we have to open ourselves up to the Word and let that Word become part of us like a baby in the womb is a physical part of the mother. So the Word becomes an actual part of our flesh. And then, like a pregnant mom, we have to nurture and protect this Word that's growing inside us so it can be strong enough to live outside of us. Now, eventually, of course, we have to give birth but that's only the beginning of our motherhood. On this night, we celebrate that Mary gave birth to a baby, but then she spent the next 30 years nurturing and teaching and modeling for that boy so he could eventually become the Christ who teaches and heals and gives everything for us. And then, like every mother, as her boy grows into maturity, she has to let go. She has to free her child to be himself. That's what Mary went through to give Christ to the world. And now our work is to give birth to Christ in our hearts, in our lives, in the lives of others. Let the Word take root in us and grow from childhood to adulthood, and then let go. Let's not take Christmas for granted. Sure, it begins with Mary, but each of us are called to make our own contribution to this unfolding creation. We're each called to give heart and body and spirit and faith in the world. Now, here's a small example of what I'm talking about. Among my earliest childhood memories are of my mother reading stories to me at bedtime. Not always, but often, those stories came from a children's illustrated Bible. I remember being so scared at the story of Daniel in the lion's den and wondering if I'd ever have courage like that. And I remember the story of Joseph being betrayed by his brothers and, and how kindly he treated them later when they were starving and wondering if maybe I could be so kind and forgive. And I remember the story of the boy Samuel being called by name in the middle of the night by the Lord and wondering if God would ever call my name. My mother's sweet voice in the melodic tones of old Virginia told all those stories. Her voice was musical. And those stories came to life for me, not just as stories from a long time ago and far away. They came alive for me as a gateway or a window into something beyond the stories. Because what my mom was really doing on those long ago nights was teaching me about love about her love for me, and about God's love for me. As I look back on it, I know I experienced God's love through my mother's love. 
I experience God as a relationship. Not as a chilly, abstract figure seat, seated on a throne hurling lightning bolts in some far-off kingdom. And my mom taught me about justice. In our little southern town in the 50s and 60s, there was a lot of racism, overt and covert. Not in our house. In our house, every human being was a child of God and stood equal before God. Now, my mother was not normally a very fierce person, but on that subject, she was very fierce indeed. I remember her father was my grandfather, who was also a very formidable figure. At our dinner table once, after he made a casually racist remark, and my mother looked him straight in the eye and said, not in my house and not at my table. I can tell you, my eight-year-old eyes got real big. And my mother taught me about repentance and mercy after my six-year-old self had been thoughtlessly cruel to one of the neighbor children who had a cleft palate. When mom let me know how my behavior had caused a real pain to my neighbor, I was lower than a snake's belly, as we say in the South. And my neighbor friend accepted my apology for my awful behavior, but I continued to feel terrible about it. So finally, Mom talked to me about having mercy for myself, just like I would want to have mercy for others. You know, we've all got stories like that about our mothers, or at least I hope we do, about their love, about their wisdom, about their patience and their guidance, how all that shaped us and formed us. That's, after all, a mother's job. So why should Mary and Jesus be any different? You don't think Jesus didn't learn plenty from his mother? So how will we do our part to birth Christ into this hurting world of 2020? This world that has the feel of used kitty litter? Here's a thought. Recall something your mother taught you. I don't mean what she taught you about keeping your room straight or doing your homework or doing the dishes. Those things are all important, but I'm talking about something different. Recall a time your mother incarnated love for you. Let's just take a moment. Think about a time that your mother incarnated, that your mother embodied love for you. How she acted it out. Or maybe how she embodied or incarnated justice. Or maybe how she embodied or incarnated mercy. How did that feel? How did it affect you? How would you pass it on? How would you pay it forward? Who can you imagine is in need of an act of your mercy? Where's a situation where you could do your part to bring justice into the world? And my God, it's all around us, isn't it? Who's in need of your unconditional love that's just not getting any right? What would your mother want you to do? Think about that. And then just do it. Make your mother proud of you. Do your part to birth Christ into the world tonight, tomorrow, next week, next year. Let Mary's love for her son unfold in you 
and then pay it forward. Amen. For more information about St. Thomas Episcopal Church, please visit our website at www.stthomasmedina.org.